0: Welcome to the Leftovers brought to you by The Underdog Sports Network with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to the Leftovers. It is Monday, December 10th. I'm Josh Dunn. I am joined by Anchu Khanna and Dan Bauer. Dan, how you feeling after a big Sunday win for your boys?
1: Victory Monday, first time that the Browns win, and no other teams in the AFC North win since 2013. So uh, it's a big, big day.
0: Very big, aren't you? Uh, finally, a big win for your team as well. So the two of the three of us uh, had a very, very good weekend
2: when it comes to the NFL, huh? Uh, I guess so. I mean, it depends on your perspective, but yeah, I guess I guess it was good. We'll see how long it takes before the Packers are officially eliminated. Probably next Sunday.
0: <laughs> well, I think the Bengals are officially eliminated. Uh, let's run through some of these <laughs> scores from over the past weekend. Uh, we could start there. A uh, little bit of fight from this defense for once, but the Bengals go down uh, to the Chargers. They have two failed two-point conversions on two very poor play calls. Uh, I don't know if you were able to catch any of this one, aren't you? But uh, I know Dan's happy about it. What did you see out of the Bengals here in the loss?
2: I was able to catch my that game, and I thought that the Bengals, you know, they looked solid. They showed a lot of fight. Um, you know, obviously no Dalton, no still able to, you know, make it interesting. I thought that that was very impressive. This is a Chargers team we think might be the class of the AFC. So that's a good sign for the Bengals on the stretch. That defense played much better than it should have. Didn't have Drake or Patrick. I mean, pretty overall, I was impressed.
0: Yeah, the play calling wasn't great. I was uh, I was impressed with the fight, uh, you know, especially out of the defense. There were some big third down stops they had. The, the Chargers didn't move the th- ball down the field it will like we've seen a lot of teams do to this team in recent weeks but uh they're no longer in the hunt they're sitting at five and eight and now I, I i kind of i'm taking uh Anshu's tank mode uh yeah. mantra in, in uh, consideration here at this point i love to see my team win but i i the last thing i want out of the Bengals is them to keep marvin lewis around i'd love to see a big shake up uh you know i wouldn't mind them moving on from andy dalton but few weeks left. We'll see how it goes. And uh, the Chargers, who I was rooting for in this game, have a legitimate opportunity, as you mentioned. Uh, There were a few games that we're not going to touch on because they were absolutely terrible. But just running through the scores, we had Jets beating the Bills 27-23, the Giants putting a whooping on the Redskins, uh, which uh, really that whole Giants offense was a a fantasy football player's dream. Uh, But this Saints-Buccaneers game was kind of interesting, Dan. The Saints ended up pulling away, but the Bucks got out to a, a big lead early, and Jameis just couldn't keep his foot on the gas. He looked... Pretty good in that first half, and then kind of uh, slowed down in the second half. And Drew Brees was able to put together a few nice drives to win this one by two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it's one of those games that, as you were checking in on the scores during the day, you were sitting there going, "How is Tampa hanging with this New Orleans team?" You mentioned it. uh, Jameis just goes real cold in that second half. Ends up only eighteen for thirty-eight on the day for two hundred and thirteen yards. And a game that officially puts Tampa out of it. uh, New Orleans. This was. This was such an easy kind of trap game for New Orleans. I mean, I'm not completely surprised that they uh, that they stumbled a little bit at the start. Uh, they've had you know they've had some big wins recently. Um, they have uh, you know big letdown against the, the Cowboys obviously last week, um, but had rolled through some big wins up against you know, the Eagles and the Bengals before that, uh, along with the Rams. So uh, it, it was a it was a pretty obvious letdown game. So I wouldn't be too too worried about it if I was anybody uh, who
0: roots for the Saints. do you think that the saints are beatable at this point though i mean the last couple weeks they just haven't looked great obviously they're sitting atop the nfc but you know this is a team that uh you know i think looks beatable and 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 drew Brees looks like he's not the superhero that he looked for much of this season and it's happening at probably the worst time now there's a lot of tape out there on you know what you need to do to be able to beat this team and you know kamara has another mediocre game at best i just I, i don't know that this team is staying hot at the right time what do you think
2: yeah, I mean, look, it wasn't a letdown game here against the Bucks. I mean, they looked terrible against the Cowboys again last Thursday. They had ten g- days to uh, rest up for this Bucks game, a divisional opponent, a team they lost to earlier this season with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you know they did not look sharp early. Uh, yeah, they, you know, the weather was probably a factor, but down the stretch they go to Carolina. They have the Steelers at home, and then they have the Panthers at home again. Um, you know, I, I think they should win all three of those. That would get them the buy that they need. Um, but, you know, the Rams didn't exactly look like gangbusters last night either, so it'll be very interesting to see, but I I agree with you. I don't think they're playing their best ball right now, and uh, the Panthers are completely desperate, so we'll see if they have any fight left there, and, you know, yeah, I I think that there's, the book is out on, the jury's out on all these teams right now in the NFC.
0: Yeah, and in the AFC as well, another team that showed some weakness after winning, I think it was nine straight, the Texans go down to the Colts, and uh, Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton have a big game here, uh couldn't really get things going on the ground but they're able to hold on as, as uh, the texans fight back but uh, they fall short by a, by a field goal uh indianapolis very much alive in the playoff hunt. And Andre i know you're a big andrew luck fan do you think that this colts team will have enough down the stretch to get in obviously there's a bunch of teams at seven and six
2: uh yeah the afc is wide open they have a great test for the colts here down the stretch they get dallas at home Giants at home and then they go to tennessee so that game could very well be a de facto playoff playing game with the Titans also at seven and six. Um, I, you know, I totally buy into this Colts team. You just wonder if they didn't lay that goose egg last week against uh, at Jacksonville, a team that looked awful this week. Uh, you know, I, I think that this team could be in a very different spot. That could even be only just a game back of the Texans that they won that game. But I do think this is a playoff team. I think their defense is underrated. Their offense can hang with anybody. Um, they need to play indoors generally to make it interesting. But, you know, uh, for now, I, I think that they're a dangerous team for sure.
0: Yeah, just moving through these, Dan, I we had so much action. I mean, this is probably one of the most, the most fun NFL Sundays, aside from being a Bengals fan. I mean, it was just fun football down the stretch. A lot of these games came down to the wire, and this one might have been, one of the best, if not the best. You had the Ravens Chiefs going to overtime. Um, Mahomes was able to work some magic. He had that one pass where he just threw it up across his body. And Tyree Hill came out of nowhere uh, after being covered well to, to catch it and keep this game within reach. The Chiefs able to win it by a field goal, 27-24 in overtime. I mean, this, this game was exciting. Uh, you know, the Chiefs proved that they could beat a team with a great defense. And the Ravens now... Uh, you know, they're going to have to really fight to, to, to still make the playoffs. But, uh, you know, what did you see out of this one here from Patrick Mahomes and company?
1: Just really impressive you mentioned that Tyreek Hill catch as he's battling a pretty bad heel injury from all indications. He said it was it was really bugging him and he just had to be a gamer. So something to keep an eye on that on a short week uh, as they play Thursday night here uh, on week 15. So um, keep an eye on that. But, yeah, this Chiefs scene continues to roll. Uh they get, uh, you know, that Baltimore team is a very good team and a, a team that is very much going to be complete, competing for a playoff spot. Lamar Jackson looks, uh, I would say, better than expected. I mean, he's, he's not blowing the doors off anybody, but he he's willing that team to uh, potentially at least have a shot to go in and get a wild card spot. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the schedule's too tough for Baltimore down the end. Uh, they have to, they get the Bucks at home, which they should win, but they also have to go to San Diego, and they have to uh, play the Browns as well, which that also could, depending on how the next couple weeks shake out, could also be a play-in game for either the AFC North or the wild card, uh, depending on how some things shake out. So it's a tough road for the Ravens the rest of the way, uh, but some, some good fight for them, and, and the Chiefs just continue to look uh, like the head of that
0: conference. You're drinking the end the Hunt Kool-Aid. I like it. Uh, we had the Patriots Dolphins. This one was very fun down the stretch. It uh, looked Never work. And have them in your mind. Not to play. there and stop. The play, ends up falling over at the five yard line. Um, and the Dolphins very much alive. We all pr- pronounce them dead on arrival, but uh, they're very much alive in the playoff. Now, aren't you? Do you? I, I, I don't think you're a believer in the Dolphins, but more importantly, are you a believer in the Patriots at this point? I mean, they've shown on multiple occasions now that you know mid-range playoff fringe teams can beat them. They've lost Tennessee in a blowout. Now they've lost to the
2: Dolphins as well. Yeah, good call. I mean, they their best one of the season now, the way it's looking is probably beating the Bears on the road. Um, you know, they they obviously held off the Chiefs at home barely, but we remember that game. That was a thriller and they, you know, they could have very well have lost that. You know, Miami's just kind of a house of horrors for them, but they also lost by sixteen at Detroit. So, you know, the Patriots are not invincible by any means. This could be the last season for Josh McDaniels. They go to Pittsburgh next Sunday afternoon and maybe the game of the week before they get the Bills and Jets at home for two easy wins down the stretch. But I think we'll learn a lot about the Pats next week. Um, you know, Roethlisberger said he's going to – says he's going to play. Um, they should finish 12-4 and four if if uh, Roethlisberger's had anything less than 100%. Even if he isn't, you know, assuming James Conner doesn't play, that's a winnable game for the Pats. But to your point, I mean, that's the kind of game they have lost this year. So we'll see if they can rise to the occasion and get that W on the road. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's going to be tough. I, that AFC uh, – Playoff picture. I mean, you look at the Chiefs sitting there and, and winning that, that big game against the Ravens, which we just talked about. I think they're the class of the AFC. And I think this, I hate to say it because it's probably going to not happen because Tom Brady tends to win in the playoffs, but this could be the year that they get bounced a little earlier than people expect. Uh, I'm going to do something different, so we're going to do zero bias. But I want you guys to talk about each other's zero bias team. <laughs> Dan, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about the Packers in this big win against the Falcons. Uh, they blow them out, 34 to 20, and Aaron Rodgers finally seemed to be hitting on all cylinders in this game. Aaron Jones had a nice game, uh, and the Packers defense actually held that uh, Falcons offense in check for most of the game before they got a couple dumpy uh, garbage time touchdowns toward the end. But uh, what did you see out of Aaron Rodgers here under uh, their new interim head coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, he came out, and you, you always get that bump of uh, just playing better when you let go of your head coach play for the, the interim guy. A little bit harder, it always seems like, uh, but Aaron Rodgers, true to form, this, this almost seemed like a little bit of a, a slap in the face to McCarthy after, after okay. letting him go, that you just go out and you just ball out like you did. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he played any differently than he would, but this just puts a stamp on the fact, I think, if you're Aaron Rodgers, that uh, the Packers' leadership made the right call. Uh, and it's your team, and not McCarley's team. It was it was peak Aaron Rodgers, right? He's spreading the ball out. He hit seven different receivers. Uh, you know, nobody goes over a hundred yards, but everybody contributes. This is this is what makes Aaron Rodgers so dangerous. Is he can find anybody anywhere, anytime on the field. And if he can continue to do this, are is very pessimistic about it? Obviously, it's a pretty tough road to the playoffs, and and not like uh, it's not looking likely. But if they can somehow sneak in. This this team, if they play like this, uh, can, can still do some serious damage.
0: Yeah, Joe Philbin, probably not the coach of the future there in Green Bay. Josh McDaniels, who you just talked about on, uh, you may be. But uh, I want to hear what you think about Dan's Browns as well. They win 26-20 to 20 at home against the Panthers. This Panthers team really reeling right now. They're now 6-7. and seven. Uh, This was a team everybody thought was a playoff kind of shoe in. And now they're sitting on the outside looking in and playing some of the worst football we've seen them play. Uh, But the Browns looking good. They were able to keep a lead for pretty much this entire game. And, uh, you know, they've allowed Dan to drink that in the Hunt Kool-Aid now. So what are your thoughts here on this Browns team? Obviously playing a lot better. You talked about the interim head coach in Green Bay, Dan, but uh, the interim head coach in, in Cleveland has got Browns fans thinking maybe he's the guy.
1: Yeah, same amount of wins in five games as Hugh Jackson
2: did at 40, so. Wow. Yeah, um, you know, I, I thought that, honestly, I think Freddie Kitchens is making a major stamp. I, you know, the Browns are doing stuff that's just weird to say, but they're doing stuff that winning teams do. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about whether or not Greg Williams would be their guy. We pointed at this stretch. It was going to the Bengals, then going to the Texans, getting the Panthers at home, then to Denver. Bengals at home and Ravens at home now, or Ravens on the road. Now, obviously some of that gets colored by the fact that Dalton's out and, you know, the Browns are, or the Beng- yeah, the Broncos are out of players basically, but you know, the Browns have done well. And uh, you know, this win, I thought without Denzel Ward specifically, I expected the Banth- Panthers to score a ton of points and uh, just really impressive work by the Browns. I, you know, Baker Mayfield, they have a huge uh, stat line, but he had some obviously unreal throws leading to maybe the worst celebration in the history of touchdown celebrations by Jarvis Landry. But no, that was it was an awesome game, you know, very creative job by Freddie Kitchens. And uh, I think Browns are they're They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but they have the look of a a legit contender next year if they have the right uh, system in place.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Wanted to move on to the three o'clock games. Uh, 49ers beating the Broncos. Broncos playoff hopes looking very dim as well. That Broncos-Browns game having some implications next week. As you mentioned, the 49ers were really in control of this entire game. Uh, Lions beat the Cardinals in a game that nobody watched. And uh, the Cowboys-Eagles game was the one that everybody had their eyes on. And Amari Cooper, if, if Thanksgiving wasn't his coming out party yesterday, absolutely was. He goes off for over 200 yards, three touchdowns, has the game winner off of a deflection. Uh, Dan, you've got to be impressed with what the Cowboys have been able to do. Dak Prescott breaking a record for yards for a passer uh, for the Cowboys as well with over 400. Uh, this Cowboys team looking in control, and the Eagles really reeling at this point in the year, looking like they're going to be a, a non-playoff team after winning the Super Bowl a year ago.
1: Yeah, this, the first half of this Cowboys-Eagles game looked like nobody was trying to win this thing. I mean, it was bad football, and then just the explosion in the second half, uh, a huge win for the Cowboys. This now puts them firmly in control. And if they can continue to play as well as they played in the second half of this game, watch out for them in the playoffs. I still don't think Dak uh, is is playing as well as he needs to, to, to really put a dent in a, in a playoff run. Uh, he, there's still just, there's a little bit of hesitation. And it almost looks like a little bit of lack of confidence in himself in some of his throws. It's just kind of that, half a second late, I feel like, on some of, of pulling the trigger where he doesn't really trust his arm. So uh, if he can find that, you know, maybe this is the game and this is the half that, that gives him the confidence he needs going into the playoff run. But uh, this, this team made stops when they need to, uh, and they made plays when they needed to, and that's what a playoff team does.
0: Yeah, and Anshu, we talked about Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, obviously he was traded for that first-round pick. That trade didn't look so good at the time. But, you know, the Raiders GM was just fired, Uh reggie mckenzie uh after a win but the personnel decisions this raiders team has made have been very much in question but regardless of that all they were able to knock off the steelers yesterday in a crazy finish they uh end up scoring on fourth down and goal from about the four or five yard line and uh the steelers with another lateral play that ends up going down to uh, the raiders 20 yard line ends up getting a field goal opportunity and chris boswell uh, slips and falls and misses the field goal as it's blocked. Uh, Raiders are able to hold on for a 24-21 to 21 win. I mean, the Steelers have now lost three straight, and uh, they are looking like they could legitimately miss the playoffs. Obviously, they were helped out by losses from the Bengals and the, and the Ravens yesterday uh, but their schedule doesn't get any easier as they go uh, are going to play New England as you mentioned but uh, what do you think of the Steelers team at this point in the year obviously they've had it, uh, the Beyond Bell situation uh, Connor's now injured as well and uh, Jalen Samuels filling in who is a de facto hybrid tight end running back and uh, he looked okay in spurts but Ben Roethlisberger also injured for much of this game so what do you think of the Steelers team down the stretch?
2: Uh, I don't like where they're headed. I mean, you see all the weapons. You see how you know good they can be at times. You you know regardless of your bias, you can admit that that this is a team that's got all the talent in the world. Especially with how Smith Schuster looked yet again yesterday, incredible tiptoe catch in the back of the end zone. But you know, I if Roethlisberger is going to keep having injuries and they don't have a real offensive coordinator, I mean it really falls all on Roethlisberger. And it and you saw when Josh Dobbs came in, they just Tanked. I mean, they are nothing without him. And, uh, you know, now they go to the Patriots, like like we said, or they have the Patriots at home. And then, you know, they go to New Orleans before the Bengals come to town. So there's a real scenario where they're sitting there. And this is why Dan has some legitimate confidence in where they're at, where, you know, the, say that they go one and two in those three, they're eight, seven and one. You know, the Ravens don't have a great, uh, you know, a super easy strategy. They have the Bucks who have looked really tough the last few weeks. Then they go to the Chargers, and then they have the Browns again. So the Browns are in a scenario where, you know, and I know we're talking about the Steelers, but, like, those two teams are hanging around, and the Steelers are no lock, like you said, to make the playoffs by any means.
0: Yeah, I'd love I loved, I, it, it, I would actually like to see the Browns sneak in over the Steelers. That would be absolutely amazing, and if it came down... Uh, to the Bengals potentially having the opportunity to knock the Steelers out. That could be uh, a big oh, letdown or, or a, an absolute dream come true, like we saw with the Bengals beating the Ravens to knock them out of the playoffs last year, uh, which I consider a playoff win, even though we've never had one uh, since from most <laughs> our coach. Um, but before we, before we preview the Monday night game, we had a, a great game here in Chicago, aren't you? Uh, 15-6 win for the Bears, and I'd like to hear both your guys' thoughts here because this game had some big playoff implications as well. Uh, the Rams had an opportunity to, you know, keep control of the number one seed in the in the uh, NFC and they end up dropping it. And Jared Goff these last two weeks has looked terrible. He throws four picks in this game. Uh, Trubisky didn't look great either. He threw three of them. But uh, the Bears played the exact type of game that they want to and let their defense control the pace and, and really control this game. Uh, the only touchdown scored for either team was by an offensive lineman on a pass from Mitch Trubisky after Allen Robinson's uh, Touchdown catch was called back to the two yard line. But uh, starting with you, Anshu, what do you think about this Bears team? I know you're not a fan of theirs, but you've got to be a fan of their defensive play here so far uh, this year and, and really kind of
2: hitting their stride uh, as we look toward the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, at home, they're a totally different team. Uh, you know, they play on Sunday night. They obviously hold this Rams team to six points. And more impressive than that was just the Rams had plenty of chances down the stretch to make this interesting, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, they. Like, you look at the box score, I mean, 180 yards for Goff and 28 yards rushing for Gurley. Like, it's just, it was amazing how they were able to shut them down. But, you know, this is a team that also just gave up 30 to the Giants last week on the road. So the reality is the Bears are two games back of the Rams. They're two games back of the Saints. They're not going to catch one of those teams, at least. They might catch one and not the other. But they're going to have to go on the road, and there's a very decent chance they have to beat both of them. I just don't see that happening. That being said, they are so much better uh defensively than I thought, especially in coverage, and they did an awesome job of shutting down Sean McVay this week. So kudos to them. Kudos to Matt Nagy for doing what he's done despite, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, their, their defense is good. Their defense is really good, but, um, you know, I don't know that they're going to score enough points to ever beat the Rams or Saints on the road.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, they're still sitting there two games back of either uh, the Saints or, or the Rams, and it, it, if they have to go on the road, that's that's not going to be easy for a young quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, and they would really have to rely on that defense. Uh, what what do you make of the Rams at this point, Dan? They, Like I said, Goff not looking like he's playing his best football since that Monday night game where they all went off uh, against the Chiefs, but uh, really playing terrible of late, and obviously a good defense can make you look worse than you are but do you have any concerns about Jared Goff and company as you look forward? Gurley's been stopped to, to, you know, some, some mediocre games as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, the absolute concern is if they have to go play teams in cold weather in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they're still, you know, there's a very good chance they get home field, but if they slip and they don't get home field and they all of a sudden have to go play some of these teams in cold weather cities uh, and, and do what they did last night, it does not look good. I mean, Goff looked terrible, uh, he looked, you know, just no one looked comfortable. Gurley could not get anything going. Um, these guys, it looks like the, I don't know whether it was the cold or, or, having to travel across the country or, or what it was, but this team does not, does not look good. And for a team that, you know, had comes off some huge wins, you know, beating the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, not that the Lions is a big one last week, but you expect a lot more out of that. You expect them to be geared up, ready to go. Uh, you know, it's a primetime game. Now, what else would you rather do playing playing on Sunday night uh, against a team you might be playing in the playoffs down the road, and you just show up and you lay an egg like you do, it does not bode well for the future. Uh, if this is one of those teams, things that be, that teams are trying are starting to figure out exactly what you need to do uh, to beat the Rams, or at least put a little bit of chink in the armor, I mean, uh, it's not like this team has been great defensively uh, this year, I mean, but... Chiefs put up 51 on them, the Seahawks put up 31 on them, the uh, Saints put up 45 on them. I, I mean, this is a team that is going to have to figure some stuff out, uh, and figure it out quickly if they are going to keep uh, pace in the NFC.
0: I would agree with you, my friend. Let's real quick get to a preview of the Monday night game that is looming here this evening. We've got another big playoff implication game. That's what I mean. This weekend was great for the NFL, uh, but the Vikings go on the road to take off this, uh, take on, uh, on the Seahawks. And the 12th man on uh, you. What do you think happens here? Obviously, two teams that you're not a, not a big fan of in the NFC, but uh, two teams that have a real opportunity to, to make a push here for the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, Minnesota did not look good last week. Just 10 points at New England, a defense that has given up points at times in bunches. Um, you know, I, I think that there is a major schism there between head coach Mike Zimmer and offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo. I think that, you know, DiFilippo just does not want to run the ball at all. And Zimmer wants to run it like every play. Um, So I I think that there there's a real problem there. And I think it gets magnified here against Seattle, although Doug Baldwin not expected to play. It looks like, Um, I just think the Seahawks at home are such a different team. They're favored by only three. I think they should be favored by at least four and a half. And uh, I, I definitely think Seattle wins this, which is yet another domino to fall in the NFC if that's the case. You know, that, that sixth spot is wide open in the NFC if that happens. Dan, any different thoughts here?
0: Uh, I mean,
1: it's to it's be one of those teams. This is going to really tell you uh, what each of these guys are made of. Just, these teams have both been up and down. We've talked about them a lot this year of just having a hard time figuring each of a, each of them out. Um, and this is, this is the game that's going to really tell you, um, you know, what, what the playoff picture looks like uh, in the NFC. So uh, from that perspective, I agree with, with most of what Anshu said. I do think the Seahawks come out on top of this one. I, like, uh, like you mentioned, they just, they've been rolling as of late. I mean, they haven't had the world's most impressive of wins the past couple weeks uh, with just the Niners and the Panthers, but a you know, big win against the Packers. They hung tight against the Rams. Uh, hung tight against the Chargers, so I think uh, I think they'll continue that, and this Minnesota team uh, I think is just going to continue to to drop. Uh, you know, their stock has has not looked great the past few weeks. So
0: I think that's going to continue. I think this game will be close. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, there's a lot of firepower on the offensive side of the ball for Minnesota, but uh, to Anshu's point, they haven't really been utilizing their weapons in a way that they should in recent uh, games. So we'll see if Kirk Cousins can finally prove that he was worth the money that he got. This would be the game that he does it. Uh, We'll see. I mean, that Seahawks defense is going to be tough. It's going to be loud out in Seattle. uh, But it should be a fun game to watch. Oh, by the way, time. I'll get us started. Um, Some video was uh, released uh, by TMZ. TMZ has been hot in the streets lately. Uh, They obviously were the first ones to release the story about Kareem Hunt. They they, uh, just today released video of Leonard Fournette, who was apparently screaming at a fan, uh, threatening to fight him after uh, apparently a racial slur was – send his way and I just it, it's it's wild to me that Leonard Fournette now has tried to get into a fight on the field threatened to fight a fan and he's fighting to get any positive yardage or have any positive performances after his uh, suspension and before suspension really having a horrible year this Jaguar seems falling apart they've already said they're going to move on from Blake Bortles and their defense is just playing terrible when we expected them to be the top defense in the league so it's just a, a, a significant fall from grace from a team that a year ago people thought was the team of the future in the AFC. Uh, Dan, we'll go to you. What do you have, bro, by the way?
1: So we didn't, t- we didn't talk any baseball today. Winter meeting's going on right now. The slight update on the, the Indians and trading either Corey Kluver or Trevor Bauer, uh, it's looking more and more like it's going to be Kluver. And the two teams to watch out for are the Dodgers and the Braves. Sounds like there's both been uh, some significant dis- discussion with the Indians and those two teams. Uh, more so than the Dodgers and the Braves, uh, but still an outside outside shot. Uh, Kluber ends up in Atlanta, uh, but looking more likely like it's L.A., Uh, so we'll obviously keep you guys
0: updated on that uh, as soon as we know more. Are you comfortable with them trading, Kluber?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I just don't know how long he can sustain what he's been doing. Uh, I mean, the the velocity's down a little bit, and that couple miles an hour is a big, big difference. Uh, and he's he, he's starting to get touched up a little bit. We've seen him struggle in the playoffs, and we have such a surplus of pitching, which I know it's it's, it's tough to argue that you can ever have a surplus of pitching. Uh, but when you have four guys throw 200 strikeouts in a year, uh, and you have an outfield that is just absolutely depleted, uh, something needs to give. So I'm all for it. Uh, we need to beef up that outfield. We need to get a, a big bat or two in there if there's a realistic shot that we can compete offensively with uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Astros next postseason.
0: Fair. So surplus of pitching. Uh Anchu is somebody that has a surplus of sports knowledge, so let's let him close us out on this Monday edition
2: <laughs> Wow. Thank you. Um yeah, so I was gonna talk about winter meetings a little bit, but that's you know, Dan's covered that enough. I, we didn't even mention that Kyler Murray won the Heisman this uh past weekend so uh, pretty interesting story. I mean, a lot's been made of the fact that, you know, will he go to the pros? Will he, you know, decide to or go to the pros for uh, football? Will he, you know, stay in MLB? It sounds like Scott Boris, his agent, um, said that he's made his commitment already. But, you know, to baseball, given that he signed his deal with the A's, but, you know, he's, he's left the door open. Um, maybe he wants to do both. I don't know. Um, I think that that's a bold call, but I, you know, more power to him and there are so few athletes that can do this, be at this level in two different sports, especially in this country. So, um, kudos to him. I'd love to see him try to do both. I wouldn't take a first round pick on him, but it sounds like that is around where, uh, agents think that he would go. So, or other teams think he would go. So that'd be really, really interesting. And congrats to Kyler Murray, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since a two-sport athlete has tried to do both at the professional level. We've obviously seen guys like Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson do it, but eventually they tend to pick one or the other. And it sounds like Kyler Murray's being uh, at least upfront about the fact that he wants to pick baseball at this point. But to your point, on it, you, you never know, and uh, if, if if teams think he has the talent to be, you know, a Russell Wilson type, a lot of people have compared him to Cordell Stewart. Then you know, there, there's going to be a lot of people trying to to be in his ear about playing in the NFL so we'll uh we'll be uh keeping an eye on that story but uh good stuff today guys Uh, a lot of football left to be played here as we close out this NFL season Uh, but we'll see you guys on Wednesday anything for the good of the group before we let our listeners get back to their Monday
1: have a good one guys
0: sounds good for Anshu Kana and Dan Bauer I'm Josh Dunn this has been The Leftovers